Hey, this week, a movie best summarized by the quote, Oh no, a bimbo with a gun. It's Assault of the Killer Bimbos on That Podcast Stays Up All Night. And welcome to the That Podcast Stays Up All Night Dance and Gun Emporium. I am Josh, practitioner of the ancient art of go go foo, and with me are Aura, the master of the script gun, pew, and, pew, pew. and Cody, a country waitress with a heart of pyrite. You like what you see? Give us your best interpretive dances, boys. Already done. Uh, 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 this is the sound I make when I dance. <laughs> or his interpretive dance looks exactly like the pumpy monkey baby. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, qu- quick, Josh, kill it with fire. <laughs> no, wait, hang on. But it's got the, the nipple tassels. Oh, it's, it's topical. We have to leave oh, it in. <laughs> it's an abomination to God, but it must stay because it is censoring itself appropriately. <laughs> oh. That podcast stays up all night. It's your number one source for films, films, films. Specifically the films of USA Up All Night, the show that ran from the late 80s through the 90s and featured some of the dumbest comedies, cheapest horror flicks, and sex therapist thrillers to wash up on our shores since Columbus sailed the ocean blue. You changed that intro. I change it every time. (laughs) To, To fit the movie we're watching. No, I mean, yeah, you did. (laughs) <laughs> and why did we do it? I don't know. I guess we were raised wrong. Today, we are police tackling some round-heeled ladies with assault of the killer bimbos. Aura, what's the elevator pitch? I mean, oh no, a bimbo with a gun works. Works for me, anyway. Yeah, okay, maybe a little more pitch, though. Okay, well, some go-go dancers end up on an accidental rampage after being framed for murder. That good enough for you? It'll have to do. Uh, I need to make a correction here, I think. I may have previously announced this as a Full Moon Entertainment film when it was, in fact, originally released by Full Moon's band family predecessor, Empire. It has the kinds of fascinating production history that made me want to start this show in the first place. It was actually made in the wake of a successful pre-sale campaign at the Cannes Festival in 1987 on the strength of a poster that Empire mocked up. Stop. Common Stop. Sales. Stop. Yeah? Stop. Stop. This was a Cannes movie? (laughs) Cannes isn't just for farty French movies. It's also a marketplace for general indies, including a lot of bees. Like, once upon a time, like, stuff like Italian exploitation films, which the bands sort of tapped into because they were living in Italy at the time, uh, used them to to build up interest among exhibitors as well. Wow. And uh, and they would would frequently do was this thing that Corman did, that uh, Cannon did. They'd mock up a poster... With some sort of concept. In this case, I believe it was an image of a of a purse with three bimbos strapped to it, <laughs> carrying weapons, but they're like miniature sized. Uh, and it was just assault with a killer bimbo. So it was a title and an image, and they used that to pre-sell it, particularly to foreign uh, investors. The, and then they used that money to make the film. The title and the image is the thing that works the best for this movie, not mm-hmm. the film. But I can absolutely see why all you need is a poster and a title, because. Either any of the posters rock, and the title rocks. I wish the movie did. 
<laughs> this is how a lot of B films were made back in the day because uh, they they were all just con men basically. <laughs> uh, wow. With the money pouring in, the studio had to actually produce a film at some point. Uh, they chose to entrust Gorman Betchard, a Connecticut indie filmmaker who'd worked with the company before on Galactic Gigolo and Psychos in Love. Uh, by all reports, the film Betchard turned in was not great, and the band family initially declined to release it. Instead, they brought in band regular and future A Talking Cat Helmer David Dakota to produce a new film that didn't suck quite so much. <laughs> uh, Dakota brought in Ted Nicolau to punch up a script uh, and Anita Rosenberg to direct. The result was Assault of the Killer Bimbos, an adequate fulfillment of legal obligations to the pre-sales. <laughs> That's a better tagline than, oh no, a bimbo with a gun. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> adequate fulfillment of legal obligation to pre-sales. There's a, I can think of a billion movies that should be titled that. Can that be one of our t-shirts? <laughs> that, that should be a t-shirt, you're absolutely right. And make sure to see in the theaters this week, Birds of Prey, a... Where was it? Um, oh man, I just lost it. Uh, what was it? An adequate fulfillment. Yes, adequate fulfillment of legal obligations to the pre-sales. Oh, I thought you were looking for the full title. No. That's, that's kind of a bit much praise for Birds of Prey, to be honest. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Anyway, so talking about the, the, the shitty bimbo movie we're, we're watching We today. did watch, yeah. <laughs> the result is Assault of the Killer Bimbos. Uh, it starred Hungarian B-movie princess Elizabeth Kaitan as the super ditzy Lulu and Christina Whitaker as the worldly peaches. Kaitan had already appeared in several low-budget films like Savage Dawn, Thunder Run, and Slave Girls from Beyond Infinity. Uh, I think at least two of those were also up on that movie. Slave Girls definitely is. Uh... Christina Whitaker had previously started an episode of Heart to Heart. Oh, you remember that show? Uh, one of the male leads was Nick Cassavetes, the son of director John Cassavetes, here showing the nuanced views of modern relationships and violence underpinning them that ran through his dad's films by playing Wayno, the stone surfer. Uh, <laughs> oh, I love the himbo in this movie. Another one of them, I think another one of the surfers was played by uh, Griffin O'Neill, the estranged son of Ryan O'Neill. <laughs> God. So, weird fucking movie. Uh, there is a brief appearance by nerd movie icon Eddie Deason as a police officer. Uh, I thought about adding a punchline to that, but uh, what, what more do you need, really? No. You either already know who Eddie Deason is, or you are uh, young enough that you don't immediately recognize that name. But I'll put it in perspective for all of my fellow millennials out there. Eddie Deason is the voice of the asshole yellow shirt kid in the Polar Express movie. And if you look up a picture, he sounds exactly what... Uh, he sounds exactly like what he looks like. I, I looked up a lot more about him. I hadn't realized how heavily he shifted to voice acting starting in the 90s. Uh, you know his voice. <laughs> yeah, you you have heard it. Uh, for instance, we'll, we'll come to it later, but he was in Dexter's lab as Mandark. Yep, he's he's inescapable. Like, uh, you, you know him from a million things you don't realize you know him from. Yep. But, so you might be asking yourself, if you actually listened to what I was just saying for like 20 <laughs> fucking minutes there, what happened to the original Bedshirt footage? Stay tuned. Uh-oh. <laughs> God. Is that foreshadowing? Yes. There's a lot of balloon juice, gentlemen, but I hope you will agree that the unusual production circumstances warrant it. Of course, I am not sure how much of that you guys knew in advance, as I don't think you fuckers even read these scripts in advance. So what did you expect going into Assault of the Killer Bimbos? Read the scripts. We barely write them in advance. <laughs> 
That is factual. Has he ever put up a script a day early? <laughs> um, I, the, the scripts from the the original. I was just about to say when we started the show, there was a, a great amount of like backup scripts and forward scripts. scripts. Yeah. What did I expect? All right, assault I, of the killer bimbo. I have to go first because. Uh, it is important for everybody to know how Aura passed off this DVD. <laughs> to me. Now, yeah, for, yeah, did you get the case? Yeah. So, because the, so so the, if Josh has a different copy of it, it's you know, the same cover basically. Did you oh, it is. Take it back on the shelf though. So, uh, for for those of you who haven't seen it, uh, you might give a, a quick Google real quick. But at least the the DVD cover that uh, I had is the three women all in, like, T-poses, seemingly skydiving, and... I think they're supposed to be, like, bombers on yeah, like a that's, bombing run. Yeah, it looks or like they're, they're flying or falling or something along those lines, but their arms are out, uh, but they are stacked on top of each other, and the topmost the girl... different on mine, but... Oh, yeah, there's, it's just a little... It's actually way more clear on Josh's copy what the object <laughs> in the top girl's hand is, uh, which is important. I believe this is Lulu... Uh, yeah, that's Lulu. Uh, so Lulu is holding an object in her hands. Now, if you have Josh's copy of the DVD, you can clearly see that is a, a hair dryer. You know, a, a common accessory for your average yeah. run-of-the-mill bimbo. Uh, but uh, Aura's copy of the DVD has a much darker background color, and the uh, hair dryer is not as apparent what it is. So Aura hands it to me and says, uh, what, do you, uh, what do you think that device is? And I said... Uh, I don't know. No, 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 hang on, hang on. <laughs> I wasn't quizzing you. I was like legitimately he like, I don't know. know what this, like, what, can you tell what that is? Yeah, he was like, do you, do you know <laughs> like, what it is? And I said, it's a hair dryer. And he goes, oh, oh I thought it was that, um, that Daffy Duck instrument. Uh, uh, what's it called? Oh, yeah, a speculum. <laughs> to which I was shocked and reeled a little bit and then proceeded to ask every other person near my vicinity if they could identify the object and if they thought Look, it looked anything like a speculum. Over, overheard you say that to me, so don't don't like, get all like... Like the gynecological tool? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Like you thought she was just going to do some... Just, I, don't, she's, I didn't just, know she's what She's after her friends like, like hang on, here, I'll save I you some money on find, an object. I wish you an could find my copy of the DVD. It is much more unclear what the... Oh, the bag. Oh, oh, that's right, because I'm, I'm doing it's that one. It's much more unclear what's going on with See, look, look at that. Significantly darker. <laughs> still, though, still, your well, yeah, copy... what you said! Your copy has, like, motion blur on it, and Aura's didn't, so Aura's actually has a static image. <laughs> look, I... In my defense... <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> I have no defense. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Aura thought it was a yeah a fucking comedic version of Dead Ringers. I guess <laughs> I, I don't remember the last time I've actually seen a hair dryer in person. So, like, it's this is the eighties. <laughs> um, the last time I got my hair cut. <laughs> so, oh, I guess the, yeah. No, that makes sense. You're right. They do have hair dryers. <laughs> At the gynecologist. Bracing the himbo <laughs> yourself. <laughs> so yeah, that was that was all of my uh, preconceived notions. Uh, all besides that, all I thought was sick title, sick DVD cover. I'm sure the movie doesn't live up to it, and it doesn't. No. But it's a cool poster. It's a funny poster. But given that it was like the second 
shoot through of a script and probably made on like a couple dollars of loose change. This is this is like the perfect poster if you are going to make a movie to put on your uh, your main character's like bedroom wall, so somebody else will like look it up and force be forced to attend uh, or view that movie. There's oh, a pre-sale poster. Oh wow, that's they actually have a book. There's some season. heavy nip in here. This Jeez. is a <laughs> the, on the there's a, a large large woman. He's so, carrying a purse that they're attached to. Yeah, so you're already checking off somebody else's giganticism box. Oh yeah, so. this is absolutely a, a gigantus <laughs> fetish. Yeah, both <laughs> of these both of these posters are really great. I think they are. This poster is better. It's more interesting. It, it has less to do with the movie. Yeah. One in hand. Well, skydiving doesn't have anything to do with the movie either. No. It would make sense if it was like a uh, a fear and loathing style, like them turning around over in the car, like yeah. a convertible or something like that. Okay, but it has less to do with the movie in that the the poster they used features the actresses. Yeah, that is the only way that yeah. it has less to do one, with what one in hand is worth three in the sack too, Josh. Yes. <laughs> That's a pretty good tagline. I still like uh, <laughs> adequate uh, adequate fulfillment of legal obligations. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> uh, my pre- preconceived notions, uh, I thought this was a different movie that we're doing later. Uh, the <laughs> Avocado Jungle one. Ah, no, no, no. <laughs> so I started watching and I'm like, why is everybody so entranced with this one? <laughs> when do the avocados come in? Where's Bill no, no, I didn't, because I thought it was, because the other people who I've talked to about this show uh-huh. have been like, oh, I want to talk to you about, because they remember the Avocado Jungle Women one. Yeah. And so I was like, and and I think, Josh, you also remembered that one, because you were like, oh, that is a good one, blah, blah, blah. I haven't and, seen it. Oh, I knew okay. it was. It's one that a lot yeah. of people... It was because uh, it has Bill Maher in it, and it okay. was uh, sort of a culty film. So that was that was what I, I I just kept like, why does everybody love this movie? Um, and so that was my <laughs> preconceived notion going in was I thought people loved it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it must have been a fun sit for you. Was, did your wife watch any of it? I know sometimes she yes. sits in and we get some yes. fun reactions. Uh, she did. Uh, she, she was. Uh, she was not terribly uh, impressed by anything. I don't. I mean, this was a couple weeks ago, so I don't remember any exact reaction. But uh, I do remember that she did not stay for the whole thing. Yeah, I can understand. <laughs> it's just like I'm sure we'll get to it later. But like this movie can be done a million different ways, and it has been done a million different ways, and they're all better and more original than this. Yeah, we'll get to it in the review section. But oh. yeah, this is a. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Low-hanging fruit in Assault of the Killer Bimbos. Alright. Well, those natural reactions are about the only natural things connected with this movie, so let's take a break to powder our noses. Cody's coming at you with the synopsis after the jump. Next. Uh, hi. Uh, my name is Elizabeth Caden. Uh, I've appeared in... Yeah, yeah, we have your resume. I'm David Dakota, the producer, and this is my writer, Ted Niccolo. How are you? Don't ask that. It humanizes them. Mm, like goldfish, you mean. Exactly. I'm right here. Uh, so where is the director? Uh, we don't have one yet. Why? Because the show only has three people on it. Fair enough. So, any questions before we start? Yeah, I didn't get any sides. That's because there isn't a script. Uh, aren't you the writer, though? Genius takes time. What would you like me to read, then? 
I just do some improv, you know, bimbo it up. How does one uh, do that? I uh, sexy and non-threatening. Do guys like that? I am very famously and obviously gay, so I have no clue. I'm mostly into Romanian vampires. Then why are you doing this film? Contractual obligations, of course. Uh, bimbo movies are hot right now. Maybe? Like, nerd films were big, and now it's bimbo movies? Name one successful bimbo movie. What are you, Pauline Kale? Do you want to audition or not? <laughs> sure. <laughs> like, uh, can I have the part? Fuck, sure, why not? Have Wardrobe get you some hot pants. Oh, and make sure they totally give you some camel toe. I left Hungary for this? Welcome back to That Podcast Stays Up All Night, where we always pull off our capers while wearing tube tops. Here's the code man with that sweet, sweet synopsis that you need. Lulu and Peaches are two go-go dancers, later renamed strippers by the American public, who witness their boss getting murdered right after a public argument. The murderer, a hilarious scummy stereotype named What Else But Vinny, shoots the boss and immediately tosses the gun at the bimbos. As Vinny flees the room, the, uh, it fills with people who appropriately exclaim, What the fuck? The girls then use their newly acquired murder weapon to flee the establishment. And then that's basically the movie. I mean, more stuff happens, but whatever you have in your head is better. The rest of the movie is the girls driving around and encountering people. The next stop introduces some surfer Chad himbo characters, as well as a himbo cop, who recognize the girls, so then they add another bimbo waitress into their schemes by using her as a hostage to, once again, flee the scene. They change their clothes on the side of the road, they have multiple car issues that require bending over the hood, a car chase where a cop version of Eddie Deason gets panties thrown on his face as he flips the car. The movie finally begins to draw to a close as the girls use the unseen waitress as bait for Vinny to trap, but of course the other two girls get stuck in a literal closet. They are only then saved by the surfer Chads returning who have been following the girls, and the Chad distraction is just long enough to wrestle the gun out of Vinny's hand and reveal that as they tie up Vinny, the surfer guys aren't into bondage. The other himbo cop also conveniently appears to arrest Vinny, and for a few more minutes the girls live in peaceful bliss, thinking foolishly they will get a sequel before the final credits. <laughs> That's the movie. That's, uh, that's a quick version. Yeah, that was like two minutes. <laughs> way to do the, the we, way to do the two minute synopsis. I uh, there's a lot to write on, and I am sure there is a lot we can talk about on this. So that's why I was like, <laughs> broad beats. There is nothing memorable that sticks out about this movie. Yeah, no, the plot does not matter in this fucking movie. That's for sure. The car flip is the best thing, or, or not the best thing. I I had something I told Or about earlier that I'll bring up later, but uh, my, my favorite bit is right in the beginning, actually. Is um, it the fruit? Yes. Oh, that's what I told Aura. <laughs> I, I have, I have much to say about this. That's the best thing that they have in this whole fucking That movie. is... The, it, at the beginning, and it's, it's important to note that they are go-go dancers, not, not strippers. strippers. They make a very they make a very big deal of this. And they fact, also hate being called bimbos. Or they hate being called bimbos. Yes. Uh, so, first, there's the Peaches character, who is a, a go-go dancer and goes on and does her sexy dancing. But uh, another dancer is called in... So uh, the, the waitress and wannabe Lulu uh, gets her big chance on the stage, and uh, she is not great. She, <laughs> she, she, she that dances is, like me. That is arguable that she is not great. It is easily the funniest part of the whole movie. <laughs> she, she does this sort of vague frug, basically, <laughs> uh, while wearing... 
Scanties that have like fucking fruit glued to them. Yeah. Eventually, the fruit shakes off and falls off, and then she gets chased off the stage by the manager because it's it's a go-go bar, not a script show. In in today's society, this show would only be met with amazing applause and cheers. It's it's the best fucking thing. (laughs) You could you put that on like a fucking nerd stage, like Meltdown in L.A. Like. As a pre-show, it was like Dan Harmon, like Harmontown, and you'd, you'd get a fucking cult following. So it would I would be viral in seconds. So I was telling Aura, actually, uh, that me watching and doing this show, or watching the movie and doing the show today, comes at a perfect timing because yesterday, uh, me and my girlfriend got uh, free tickets to see the uh, Valentine's Day cabaret show that is uh, put on by a local troupe of uh, women that do. A, like a cabaret, but it's also it's almost always themed and very very comedic. Mm. And somebody dressed as Rocco from Rocco's Modern Life, nice, uh, complete with the legitimate like blue and purple shirt. They had the blue and purple logo like design on their corset as well as their nipple pasties, and they had the ears and tail. And as we watched Assault of the Killer Bimbos, I thought. Holy shit, somebody just slowly and poorly shaking fruit off of them would absolutely belong in like any amazing hilarious cabaret show today. It would be like the Andy Kaufman of hilarious cabaret shows. Especially if you had it rigged so you had pasties on and all you did was stand and jiggle until all of the fruit like falls off. Because it would be a slow build because people wouldn't get it at first and it would just... And she like lazily like flops her arms in the movie back and forth. Like she knows she's supposed to be doing something more but doesn't know what it's supposed to be. Like she knows the concept. She's just seen sexy dancing. So she knows it exists, but God help her, she can't put it together how she does that. Oh, God bless them. <laughs> oh, that is that is far and away the best scene in the film. The movie is almost <laughs> worth watching for the opening credits, which is just lots of titties leading up to this scene, Jeez. which definitely doesn't take longer than ten minutes to get to. The credits are for a very different, much sleazier film. There's than this. no, there's barely any other like breasts throughout the entire movie. The beginning yeah. has a lot of it right at right at the top, right in your face, and then almost none throughout the rest of the movie. I think there's like a couple other, but they're like blinking, you miss it. Like I was, because I was writing script while I was rewatching it and I don't I didn't see them. I was uh, I was looking up <laughs> stuff was, online just to just to re-remember the characters names because again it's it's one of those movies and hilariously other people's reviews all include that for a sleazy sexy movie this has so much little sleaze compared to other things like one of the hilarious uh, reviews I saw said something like like started off with just soft praise where it's like a pretty funny movie blah 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 my biggest complaint is there's not enough sleaze slave girls does a much better job of this same premise i was like god what a hilarious sentence (laughs) god was that was that mr skin there (laughs) that's just any old joe on the internet i stopped porno for 10 minutes to watch this I enjoyed the diner scene. I, really? Yeah. I, well, and I said to Josh that I was going to float something in the in the thing here, and that was an appropriate bit to do that. Uh, I wonder if this inspired Tarantino in Pulp Fiction to do the diner because it's it's sort of set I remember up. Remember you saying to me that you yeah. wondered if it inspired Tarantino? Yeah. I, I well, let me put it this way: I wasn't entirely sure that wasn't a dream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
see, <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny that you say that because that definitely makes sense to me. But in my head, I was like, man, they just they milked the best parts of this for the sea bass scene in Dumb and Dumber. Like it's, it's there's different like overlying plots, but it's the same of just like two stupid people in a public diner, and everybody can't help but comment on them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, so that was that was the that was the theory I was gonna float to you is I wondered if this this inspired Tarantino's shootout at the diner in Pulp Fiction. I mean, he he worked at a lot of video stores. Yeah, <laughs> one of the bimbos hops up with her speculum and says, "Listen, you motherfuckers! Listen, you motherfuckers!" Lulu's like, "You know what person it is? It's the one that says badass motherfucker." Right? <laughs> Peaches has a moment of honesty where she's like, "Listen." I've been doing this for too long now. I'm about to retire. Things I've seen today made me believe in something. The waitress has like a, a bandage on the back of her neck. We no, never gets addressed. Nope, never explained. Uh, and then that's I think the thing about this film is there are little comic bits in it. Yeah. That are okay to watch. That's what it's, it's, it's just the, the connective thread. That it, is it hits the beats. It's it's exactly like somebody had an exoskeleton for a movie, almost as if they were contractually obligated to write something. It's almost as if somebody had told them we pre-sold this and we really need something very quickly and for very little money. <laughs> it's it's like it's like they have the uh, the diagram for a light bright picture. But uh, yeah. but half of it is uh, white pieces, so they just like filled in the bare bones, and you're like, ah, close yeah. enough. And I think part of it is just to the, as as you probably noticed in my list of the like pre-show stuff, there are some talented people involved. In yeah, this. like people who have gone on to do other work, at least at least talented to at least the journeyman level, like, <laughs> if, not, if not more so. Like, right. I, I think the the person who played Lulu is, is a decent actress. Look, a, an episode of Heart to Heart is nothing to snub at, you know? <laughs> I agree. <laughs> but, but there's just, I guess when you just rush something together, there, you, you, you miss the glue. Mm. <laughs> Definitely unlike this show. This show has all glue. Yes. It's nothing but sniffing glue. <laughs> yes, we sniff glue. And then write the show. <laughs> write then we the sniff show. a little bit more glue. And then before we start recording, we hit the epoxy resin and hardener. Jeez. <laughs> and you got to go through the whole process. <laughs> the, the, uh, the hostess of the cabaret show we saw last night had uh, several allusions to his former addiction of sniffing shoe polish. That's <laughs> a... This cabaret show touched you in a particular way, didn't it? It was it was quite good. <laughs> it was quite funny. I enjoyed it. It's one of those shows. Well, it was it like it touches you in ways. <laughs> well, it had such a mixture of like genuine, like sexy performances, but then the the quote unquote sexy performances would always be undercut by like a funny song or a funny costume with their bit too, or it was just straight up weird like you know performance art. Yes. Oh, and then they had really, really, really good choreographed dances. They did the Baz Luhrmann, Romeo plus Juliet, uh -huh. but it all acted by women, all with, like, quickly changed costumes, some of which were clearly, like, slipping down, and fake guns that would not stay in their holsters. But, like, <laughs> the, clearly their choreography was so, like, well put together that it just, like, adds to it. It's like yeah. the cacophony of dropping your guns, but you're still hitting your marks. <laughs> Wild. 
That sounds uh, really cool, actually. Also, yeah. also should be a t-shirt for our show. Dropping our guns, but hitting, hitting our, our marks. Yeah. <laughs> do you want to talk about the movie more? Or do you want to no. no. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> All right. Let me introduce discussion topic. Uh, as noted in the book Empire of the Bees, uh, Assault of the Killer Bimbos features characters, quote, who are neither killers nor complete bimbos, close quote. I would say bimbos at all, honestly. Yeah. Uh, This brings to mind the not-especially-holiday-themed Silent Night, Deadly Night 4, and Cheerleaders Beach Party, and might well be the result of B-movie selling practices wherein concepts were often pre-sold before any sort of script or production team was in place. Uh, Is the title of bimbos dishonest? And if so, how much of a problem is the dishonesty in in these B movie films marketplace? Ooh. Holy shit! It's almost like this industry is built on dishonesty. <laughs> Every entertainment industry. You know what? I was Every just about to. I was just about to compare it to comic books. So. There's so many fucking movies nowadays that like. They're, before their opening weekend, they're bragging about what their pre-release Rotten Tomatoes score is. Yeah. And you can always tell those trailers get edited after the movie comes out because sure. they're not quite as overt about putting Rotten Tomatoes in their commercial. Well, I was thinking... I do always find the Rotten Tom- Tomatoes pre-release score to be a bit funny. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, the one the one we just saw today had a hun- like a near 100% on Rotten Tomatoes, Josh, so... The, yeah, oh, did you, know, you both you both saw Birds of Prey? Yes, we went to see Birds of Prey. Oh, me, and, me and Max are seeing it tomorrow, and uh, it's got like an 83% for like the audience meter, whatever. Well, enjoy that. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's not they, they, possible. They didn't see the same movie we saw, clearly. Uh, well, that like I said, this was all like before... It came out this this although, Thursday, Friday. Although, yeah. although this, when this I turned to week. you after the movie and I said... Well, Josh, there's one thing I can say. That is a movie we saw. <laughs> the girl who was sitting behind us got visibly upset that I said that. <laughs> so she, she may have been. She may have enjoyed her. I couldn't tell if she was upset or laughing. It's that. It's that thing too where <laughs> my response was, uh, "Yeah, that took about an hour and forty minutes." Yeah. <laughs> it's like somebody. It's it's obviously going to be somebody's favorite character, and they have this like idea in their head and when somebody immediately starts tearing it down you're like oh well it's because you hate women or you hate like women leading movies it's like what no there's lots of amazing women led movies this isn't one of them i think me and josh were in agreement the problem with this movie is that it's all fight scenes like strung Uh. together by almost no plot (laughs) And, <laughs> like, and also that women aren't interesting to watch. <laughs> oh, I'm the Ghostbusters two on My agreement with Josh up to that point. Uh, the, uh, the Ghostbusters reboot scenario. Yeah, it was. Just, I mean, uh, hot take: the Ghostbusters reboot was the second best Ghostbusters film. Wow. Ghostbusters two is trash. Uh, okay. Well, I mean, you don't like dancing slime? <laughs> nope. You don't like dancing toasters? What do you have? No heart? Yep. I mean, he doesn't have a heart. <laughs> Oh, Ghostbusters 2 is so funny. Like, the more you learn about, like, what they wanted the script to be. Like, from the first movie, Bill Murray was like, please fucking kill me. And they would not let it happen. He he so didn't want to do those movies. Yeah. He was fine for (laughs) the first run. Yeah. Had to bribe him. But they had to bribe him to do the first one. I think he, he got. He was like, I will, I will do this. I'm sick of these stupid comedies. I'll do this stupid comedy if you make a. Was it the Razor's Edge? 
Uh, <laughs> it was an adaptation of a book that he really wanted to do, and he was like, make my fucking unmarketable well, it, book like, adaptation, and his, I'll make your shitty fucking movie. His deadpan works so well, but it's so funny because you're, it's not like him characterizing. He's just like, this is how I act on set. Unlike this movie. Oh, we were supposed to talk about if the title Bimbo was uh, dishonest. Uh, well, let me just say, <laughs> like, dealing in comic books as much as we do, uh-huh. uh, me and you especially, Cody... Oh, I see where this Previews is bothers me yeah. <laughs> for the same reason. Because usually all you get is a, you know, a, a, a cover, which is not... The cover image is usually not by, done by the interior artist. Uh-huh. And then, like, maybe two or three lines about, like, ongoing storyline, you know, blah 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 I mean... Yeah, that, and, uh... And then the bigger the, the company gets, the less text they have. So, <laughs> like, Marvel, who is the biggest dog on the block... Sometimes we'll only have two or three words. <laughs> Image will sometimes have like two or three bullet points. Uh, on the other hand, the green section of preview, the indie stuff, like has a paragraph. You know, yeah, they uh, want you to know. Like they're well, like, look, we thought long and hard about this high abstract concept. Yeah. Well, in fairness, uh, to, be to be fair, fair to be fair, uh, I'm not sure how much selling you need to do on a Marvel book. Right, in that's comparison to like an indie book is going to be somebody's introduction to the premise. Oh no, yeah. Like the co- well, comics well. and movies both have that same like you're not supposed to judge a book by a cover, but it is definitely indus- an industry that is almost exclusively determined by selling people tickets to a thing before it comes out and judging it by a cover. Agree. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Like I <laughs> I think they're bimboy enough. I, like just <laughs> just barely, you and mean, I, I bimbo think bimbo is an arguable term, and I think that you can that we can say whether they are bimbo. I don't sure think they are, they don't really sleep around. That's what I no think no no, no. I think and they are really stupid. Really. So to me, especially because like of course we'll talk about this more later as well. But like there is a lot of modern like pro bimbo slash himbo culture. Just in the sense that, like, it's such a funny archetype. And I think, I definitely don't think of it as much as slutty now, as much as hot and stupid. Yeah. Like, the hot and stupid combination is just endless material worth of stuff. Um, Which, I guess they couldn't find for this movie. But, uh, there's so many things you can do with that. I didn't... I mean, Silent Night, Deadly Night 4, I kind of did sit there and, like, so it's <laughs> Christmas, like... It's a, it's a Christmas movie about Like, where's my Christmas stuff? Yeah. Um, I'm just so saying. There was, Those... Well, hang on. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Let me finish real yeah. fast. There, I did sit with that movie having an expectation and having never have it fulfilled. On the other hand, Assault of the Killer Bimbos, like... The killer part, like, happens in the first few minutes of the movie. And it's mm. not them. It's not them. It's some uh, dude. Oh, well, and I'm not 100% sure, you know, it felt sort of, like, dishonest <laughs> in that way. Yeah. Because, like, seeing it from the perspective of, you know, the people within the movie universe, they assumed that these people were killer bimbos, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, so... So that was. And they're I mean, referred to as killer bimbos, I believe. On the, on the that radio. sounds right. Uh, that sounds right. I, I, uh, but but they aren't assaulting anybody, really. No, the only person that even like. Well, hang on. And they push their way through situations. Well, well when you talk about legal definitions out. of assault, here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Look, there's so much to extrapolate on this episode. I didn't look at looking at look, look, looking at that cover and that poster. I was not thinking, you know, class B felony by the killer members. You know? Right. I was thinking they are going to attack in a wave. You, yes. Yeah. 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 Look, I, all I'm saying is that, you know, there could be verbal assault, and I mean, like, brandishing a weapon in a restaurant could very well be considered assault. <laughs> like, Yeah, this, okay, uh, while Aura was talking about it, it, it clicked with me. I, something like Silent Night, Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 4 sticks out in my brain a little bit more because the title is so wrong. Like, once you watch the movie, it's almost... It, like obviously it's so bad it's funny and that's part of what we do on this show but like that title is also so wrong and it's such a misnomer that it works for that aspect of that versus this movie Assault of the Killer Bimbos is so close but it's such an amazing dynamic punchy title yeah. this movie feels like more of a disappointment than Silent Night Deadly Night 4 because you know what to sort of expect going in but exactly that like if more people would have gotten like hurt in comedic ways and somebody shows up in a cast late like repeatedly and it's the same like truck driver and he keeps getting injuries see i like, wonder that if would make be, sense you know i wondered if it if it would be like more accurate to the title if it was like killer hookers or something you know <laughs> and maybe like, instead of assault what about onslaught because that's another on like diabolical onslaught. sounding yeah. thing but they don't really they don't have a trajectory you're josh you're yeah. definitely right it's more of a wave of bimbos wave of the wave killer of bim- accidental bimbo bimbo assault <laughs> <God>. <laughs> wave of misdemeanor repeating bimbos just doesn't have the same ring to it that could that could be our movie that we pitch a wave of the uh misdemeanor himbos <laughs> Well, the cops are after us for the crime of talking about this movie, so we're about to punch it to Mexico. But before we go, we'll have some games for you after the jump. Oh, hello, Aura. Red alert. Facebook says it's Josh's birthday. Oh my god, again? I feel like it was just his birthday last year. Uh, Well, did you at least remember that date? Look, I don't remember what I did before we recorded this. Josh is always on about bimbos and cakes or something. Where when are we where where in the world are we gonna get one of those big bimbo cakes anyway? I I got an idea. We'll finally pitch him our buddy comedy. We've been working on it a while. You know he can he can see we can give him a real good birthday surprise by doing all the work without being asked. Several missed birthdays later. Hey Josh, we know we missed your birthday, so without waiting for you to respond, we want to show you the movie trailer we cut together for a movie starring you. And it also stars me, but I promise you're you're the Jack Black and I'm the KG. Let's roll that clip. Women and men have long wanted to be equals, but for some reason men found this to be contradictory to their own idea of running things. So for centuries, there was imbalance in the world. This imbalance was only driven wider by the introduction of the insult bimbo to mean a stupid, slutty woman. But people across the world quickly realized that this amalgamation of characteristics was the perfect scientific recipe for comedy gold. Stupid and hot? 
The situational haphazardness of being stupid, paired with the needless acceptance of the problem when presented by a hot person, meant hours of entertainment. Men did the next thing that men loved to do. Take things about women and make them about men. Himboism gained traction with such amazing character actors like Bruce Campbell and JFK. Movies with the exact same plot as Assault of the Killer Bimbos can actually find traction with examples like Dumb and Dumber, Biodome, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, and All the President's Men. Now, in 2020, we present you with the ultimate himbo animated comedy, Burrito Truck Rescue, starring Josh and Aura as the needlessly attractive burrito preppers and EMTs. Watch with hilarity as they attempt to make burritos and save lives all over the country. And now the bad news. After we cut the trailer, we were immediately sued by the FDA, every health department, the estate of Bruce Campbell, and Hardy slash Carl's Jr. for stealing their next ad campaign. So unfortunately, no one can see this but us. But that's all that really matters, right, Josh? What kind of shitty friends are you? It's not even my birthday. What? What? So, so we did all the work for nothing again? Yes. That's just the bullshit birthday I gave Facebook. Also, I, I don't want this. I just want some little Debbie cakes. Oh, little Debbie, not bimbo cakes. So, do you want us to take the real EMT girls back, or? I mean, they're already here. I got an idea for this burrito 911 spinoff involving lawyers and strippers. Coming soon, stripper judge. <laughs> Welcome back to That Podcast Stays Up All Night. Around here, the go-go clubs are all closed on Sundays, so we have to make our own fun. Aura? Let's do some fun and games, the fun and games section. Cody, take a spin of that big old, big old, big old wheel. Did, uh, so, I, I don't appreciate the insinuation with these pasties in the middle of my wheel. <laughs> I will not spin for you. Oh, uh, those, those are biscuits. Oh God, that makes sense. They're so small, and there's six of them. I was I was very confused. All right. All right. The first. <laughs> bading. The first. <laughs> Why do I even do it if you're gonna bading? <laughs> the first thing we landed on is weird strip club laws. True or false? I'm going to read some weird strip club laws, and you're gonna, you guys are going to tell me whether these are real strip club laws, or if uh, or if they are things I made up about a half an hour ago. <laughs> these, I, I, I see the paper that they are written on. Yeah. It's uh, paper from me. Yes, yes. Uh, they are. These were current as of uh, uh, what was August 2013. From complex.com. So That's seven years worth of stripper laws that could have passed by now. Oh uh, well, I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I took the stripper bar in 2014. So. <laughs> oh well. Well, we'll hope between the two, with with that and my experience of never having been inside of a strip club, we will know. Oh no, I went to a strip bar in 2014. <laughs> oh, fuck! <laughs> I get confused. It's okay. It's our hip hop culture. Of strip bars. So, true or false, in, in, a, in a county in North Dakota, dancers have to cover their nipples with a, quote, sealed covering. Huh. That, that sounds very North Dakota to me. I'm That's, going with true. Yeah, that sounds so, like, I'm sure this is going to trip me up later, but it's so specific. Sealed covering. 
not true? It's it? it's true. It's, it's true. Okay. You guys got it. It's true. Uh, that pasties. You already made the joke. Ah. <laughs> like so. Is that that's not the standard for most places? Like I feel like pasties is like cabaret or something like that. But a strip club usually has just straight up nipples. Right? Well, in the city of Lawrence, uh, you actually do have to have pasties. But if you go outside the city, it's, uh, that's that's uh, why the outhouse used to exist. I believe. Yeah. It's so all I don't of that in together. punk rock concerts. I don't know how common or uncommon <laughs> that is necessarily, but the three places I have lived. <laughs> Interesting. This all is clicking now. Ah, so a, a county in Utah, it is unlawful for a stripper to shave their genitals. True or false? <laughs> Unrelated in Utah, they also aren't allowed to have caffeine, coffee, or tea. <laughs> Um, fuck, that's so weird. Uh, no. Oh, God. I'm gonna go false. I'm sure the law is that they have to wear magic underwear. Yeah, I was about to say, well... <laughs> Sorry, Mormon. For, uh, for, the, joke. Yeah, for the sake of skipping crassness, I'll just say, uh, no, I think it's I think it's false. I did make that one up. Ah, okay. <laughs> In Missouri, you have to stay six feet from the stripper... And place any money in the box at the end of the stage. False. There's no way that's true. Hmm. Or it it can't possibly be enforced. God, not in that state. It's gotta be false. Missouri is such a trashy state. (laughs) That is actually true. You're supposed to put it in a box. Yes, uh, and that one, uh, I I have it on good authority from a mutual friend of ours <laughs> that nobody pays any attention to that law. Wow, that's that's but, wild. But that is that is the law that exists on the books. Yeah, if, if wow. TV and movies have taught me anything, this is the one time where it is appropriate to to throw to throw money at people. Right? Uh, true or false? In Iowa, it is illegal to serve alcohol in gentlemen's clubs. I be- true. I believe that one. There's so many weird specific rules about that. I bet it's there's. I know that there's places where like if you have like a swingers club, you're not allowed to serve alcohol, but you can host it. So it's like BYOB. I'm gonna go with false because I was a trash state full of trash people. Uh, false is correct. Uh, actually, it is legal to serve alcohol in gentlemen's club. Gentlemen's clubs in Iowa are not fully nude. Ah, is there a distinction? They're, they're like bikini bars. Yeah, like bikini bars. Because uh, the only fully nude one I know of, and this is just me talking from living in <laughs> Omaha and Council Bluffs being nearby, the one outside of city limits is considered an arts theater, and so they can do fully nude so they can get around that. Wow. So it ends up BYOB. Ah, that's make, that makes sense. Yeah. That's so funny. In Washington, D.C., fully nude is legal, but you cannot get a lap dance. Full nude. In D.C. I'm going to say false. There's too many politicians. You know, you're going to ruin somebody's suit that way. I guess, well, no strip dances. Or no lap dances. Whatever. I say it's I'm false. Gonna, I'm going to say true because the Washington, D.C. laws God, would be Josh made by Josh knows assholes. all of these. Damn. Well, Josh is my, on a tear here. Here's my justification. The, yeah. the local government of Washington, D.C., as far as I'm aware, hates the fucking federal government. <laughs> because D.C. gets treated like trash all the time. Wow. And so would probably make a law to make things shittier for <laughs> That's fair. Employees. So, so it, 
there is no full nudity in DC. Uh, that is that is true. There is full nudity, and you cannot get a lap dance though. Wow. All right. Look, but no touch. Yep. <laughs> uh, true or false? In Oregon, there actually are no rules about Whoa. anything. <laughs> well, with uh, with regards to strip clubs, there are no. How about I say it this way? There are no regulations regarding strip clubs. Ah, no man's land, huh? I say true. Oregon, there's a lot of people that want to be fucking left alone. You know, they say the French are very forward. I'm going to also go with true. That is correct. Oregon Damn. does not have any laws regulating it. As long as it doesn't fall under the category of prostitution. Yeah, I was just about to say, you can't have a, a city like Portland without a, a, a non-rule like that. Well, also, all of, all of rural Oregon is weirdly libertarian, from what I understand from people who've yeah. been from there. Alright, I got two more for There's you. a lot of rural Oregon. <laughs> they keep to themselves. <laughs> True or false? In Alaska, it is illegal for strippers to wear simulated hair. There is a there is for sure a story behind this one. I want to know. I just say true because I want it to be true. Yeah, I, uh, true also. Yeah, that was false. I made that. Fuck, up. that's a uh, good there, one. The, one of the things that one of the articles talked about that I saw talked about Merkins, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, that's kind of funny. I was thinking like a wig. I was like, is Hedwig and the Angry yeah. Angel? Uh, I was wondering about just like uh, with gels and the uh, fire hazard or whatever. That's a good Light point. gels. Uh, true or false? In Texas, strippers actually have to wear their ID on their person. Wow. Oh, man. <laughs> That's... <laughs> wow, what a state. Uh, I should, well, let me qualify. In a county in Texas. In a county uh, in Texas. True. All of these were county. Based. Okay, I'll go true on that. Thing. True, There's crazy people. That is absolutely true. In Harris County, strippers have to wear their sex worker ID on them. Sex, it's just a lanyard that hangs out in front ID. of them. Sex worker ID. Yep. Fuck you. So, yeah. Can you believe that? So uh, that concludes that game. You want to? <laughs> Josh, sorry, Cody. Josh uh, knew way more about weird strip club laws. Oddly. <laughs> I'm so disappointed, and I promise I will do countless uh, hours of research on this subject and come back next week uh, just just filled with useless information. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I have never been in a strip club functioning as a strip club. <laughs> I, haven't. I was dragged by friends because they were driving me to a bikini bar at one time, and I also went to a uh, spoken word engagement by Henry Rollins that was held at a place that was a strip club <laughs> during normal hours. I went with my mother and brother. That's amazing. It's it's, it's alright. I have spent a couple can, of hours in a strip club in my time, and, <laughs> and I would say that uh, that I would not have known hardly any of those either. So... I will say that at the Henry Rollins one, there was like a there was like a secondary pole from the main stage. Sure. And there was grease that seemed really high in the shape of sort of butt cheeks against the mirror there. And <laughs> me and my, my family were sort of looking at that like, how did that, that It's very high. It seemed like it'd be uncomfortable. Just, Just like everything else, the there's like a story that. there. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Was it's, it like a human pyramid situation? And people say history isn't important. Standing on your hands? Oh. <laughs> All right, Cody, a spin of that five-story wheel for us. The spin... I'm out of steam. Ba-ding! Ba-ding. <laughs> we land on sequels. 
This is, uh... This, uh this... I believe it's pronounced Squeakwills. Oh, Squeakwills. It is how you wrote it. <laughs> no, it's how he wrote ah. it, actually. This, this one was his. Um, Cody turns often. to face from Aura to Josh. Ah, how you wrote it. Yep. <laughs> uh, it was my own fault. It does say Squeakwills. Uh... uh so what are you talking game... about? It's on a wheel. We spun for it. <laughs> That's right. It's, it's it was... the, the, the wheel. You're breaking the, the, the illusion here. <laughs> All of this is cut. <laughs> what, Start what, from the beginning. What would those non-existent... This week on... <laughs> <laughs> Up all night. Um, so what would the, uh, what would the non-existent uh, sequel bimbo uh, barbecue have looked like, guys? It's because at the end of the movie, it does say briefly at the bottom of the screen. <laughs> bimbo's will said continue. Says there will be a sequel. It, spe- it specifically says it will continue in bimbo barbecue, I believe. Uh, I think that is the title, yes. Bimbo barbecue. Uh, I have no idea if there was ever a plan to actually make a sequel or not. There might have been because it had a lot of pre-sales. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, are barbecue. We, so are we all doing our pitches? Because I have mine in my head. All right. If you're ready to rock, all I right. thought it was going to be sort of a collective pitch. Oh, oh, all right. Throw elements in. Well, let's, we... let's let Cody start then. Okay, well, I mean, mine doesn't really work well for a collective pitch because my idea is, uh, is a similar situation where they, obviously, they put it in the movie, so they pre-sold the idea of a sequel. By the time this movie comes out and they get around to it, their budget has been slashed to the point where it is, in fact, not a sequel, but an advertisement for a barbecue sauce brand that uses the same characters, uh, much like Super Bowl ads like to do nowadays. So it's uh, they are fulfilling all of their contractual obligations of having the hang bimbos on. and himbos hang on. Hang <laughs> appearing. On. So here, here I'm see I'm envisioning this barbecue sauce in my head. Is it barbecue sauce like in a Miss, Mrs. Butterworth's container? Yes, absolutely. But instead, it's, it's, it's shapely. Yeah. yeah. So and is, uh, uh, is it's a big Lebowski showing up. <laughs> yeah, right with Sarah Jessica Parker. <laughs> it's uh to to complete the the bimbo ensemble exactly like you said. It's a Buttersworth shaped bottle. It's you know a bottle yeah. in the shape of a woman, but the the barbecue sauce always stops at the head, always stops at the neck, so the head is empty. Oh, oh, oh the bimbo barbecue. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's how, that's part of the this... like tagline. It's like the head is empty. So, uh, in a different envisioning of this situation, <laughs> uh, Josh, how is this movie not fast food? <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh my god, that's a good point. I, I was going to say that uh, yeah. the, the the bimbos decide to team up and open a Korean barbecue so that we can have all of the fucking uh, anti Asian racism that's oh coming out of these yeah. fucking movies. Wow! Yeah. And it's and you can you can tag it. Similar to Assault of the Killer Bimbos, where you really play up like the racism act, like in the trailer and in all of the stuff, and then you watch, and the movie's really not that racist. And you're like, God damn it, they're literally going to disappoint me on every end. Tagline could be three girls, no waiting. <laughs> so would it be the the bimbos doing the barbecuing, or the bimbos serving, or how would this? Uh, obviously, all of them. I mean, it would never be is, really very well defined. Is there, is there like, health it would be seen by here? Absolutely not. Yeah, okay. No. <laughs> I mean, maybe there's an evil health. Did you see the, the place they were working at in the beginning of the movie? There were clearly no health viol- like health rules there either. Well, Where'd she get the fruit? Are you... So... <laughs> and did in she my... later transport it across state lines? In my... Definitely. Definitely didn't wash it. 
in my orbit recently, there 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 is a a strip club here in town that has a food buffet <laughs> at it, and one you've of, eaten at it, haven't you? No, I, I haven't. I do get a little more curious each time uh, our mutual friend asks us to come to it, though, uh-huh. and I'm just like I. Can't, I just can't. I can't bring myself to do it. And like, I am assured by literally dozens of people that the food there is great. Uh, and it's it's to, funny that you say you haven't eaten there. Yeah. Because even though I haven't been there, I have eaten there multiple times because of this uh, the mutual friend that you uh, keep mentioning uh, will bring that food to me. Yeah. Yeah. I just Which I is amazing. I, I, I love him for that. God, I don't know if I could do it. You know, like that's that's <laughs> next step is eating next step out of after eating at a strip club is, is eating sushi out of a food cart in New York. Not a truck. I've done that. A cart. Uh, ironically, oh, no, I of, haven't done that. Of the weird food locales in, in where we live, there is a apparently amazing Mediterranean place in a functioning gas station. Yeah. yeah. We, st- we still haven't eaten there yet. Yeah, we, we need, need to, do to do that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. There was a, there was a place oh. over in Topeka. I don't know if it still is anymore. It was called the Saznak. Was, oh, the Saznak. Is, I don't know if you know. It's Kansas it's spelled, spelled backwards. backwards. <laughs> uh, that reportedly would have a hot dog buffet. <laughs> oh my god. That is a strip club. Yes. Yeah, that, to qualify, we're, oh, we're yes. talking yes. about here. No, <laughs> just... Did you think it was called Saznak and it was something that wasn't a strip club? <laughs> well, no, but but it just. <laughs> No, we have it. Italian yeah. listeners. <laughs> like, Ooh. Spaghetti podcasts. The, the, most. the American spaghetti podcast. Now that's probably racist. Way to go. <laughs> so. Uh, uh, I'll, forget I'll, it. Spinning I'll, the wheel. No, We're get, spinning I'll, the wheel, Cody, before this I'll, goes bad. I'll get him back with one word. Prosciutto. Stop it. <laughs> tick, 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 wheel, but ding. Can we keep going after that hate crime? Um, so I mean, I think we have to. We have to land this fucking episode. <laughs> that is fair. Uh, genre swap. Genre swap is the game we play every uh, every episode. Genre swap. Uh, we're each assigned a genre and talk about this movie in terms of that genre rather than the genre it was. Uh, today's pick. I pick Josh. Josh, you have to do it as a telenovela. Bonus points if it's one that teaches English. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm going to give Cody a somewhat esoteric one because I think he can probably handle it. Perfect. Uh, Light novel, it, but esoteric. Jesus, God, that'll be our next running joke. Just kidding. Do it as mystery science theater, but not as in the mystery science theater people are watching Assault of the Killer Bimbos, but as in the characters from Assault of the Killer Bimbos are in a mystery science theater-like situation watching a movie and also having an interconnected... Uh, okay, I, I, follow, I follow exactly what you're saying. Okay, I, I got this. Uh... Aura. Yes. Uh, on the spot. Don't have anything in yeah. my head. Uh, it's Assault of the Killer Bimbos, except the genre is instead... Um, Light novel. No, <laughs> it's, uh, this is a new newfangled uh, movie sure. trope that uh, comes all the time. Space disaster movie. Spa- oh, shit. So, like, a la Gravity, uh, a la right. Astra. Yep, yep, yep. okay. <laughs> a la fucking Interstellar. Yep. It's still titled Assault of the Killer Pimbos, though, huh? <laughs> All right, right. here we go. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. All right. I already forgot what mine was. It's not Teladova. Mine's... Uh, Mystery Science Mis- Theater. Okay, oh, no, no. I already re-remember. I, I had an idea immediately. Gosh. All right. Okay. Telenovela. 
So right. you, you've got yours? I've got mine. Oh, are wow. You, are you ready? Man, is Cody just... This is, this I, is Cody's golden hour. Listen, He's on top of these this, creative I, things. I thought he could do well with this This one. is the one thing that I have ever <laughs> truly <laughs> excelled at because I was... Two, for two years in a row, I was state champions for improvised duet acting. Okay. And then my freshman year of college, I won a national championship for improvised duet acting. So the only thing I can do is be funny on the fly with another person there. <laughs> all so, right. so you did forensics as well. And that's all I got. <laughs> all I can bring to the table. Okay, so my MST3K or uh, AKB... AKKB, Assault of the Killer Bimbos, AKB3. Yeah. Oh, yeah. AKB3K, AKB3. Assault of the Killer Bimbos 3000, uh, is is the same sort of concept, uh, or, or not. So I'll do the whole, like, Gizmonic Institute. It's, uh, it's three women who believe that they are in space as astronauts, but in fact, uh, scientists are monitoring their intelligence levels as they are only given uh, like a mixture of 75% oxygen and then a 25% mixture of this other thing that forces you to like sit through movies. It's basically like an ADD suppressant forces you to uh, watch the screen. And uh, in the process of pretend or uh, thinking that they are scientists is when they destroy the ship's guidance system. Uh, there's three of them, so they... You're stepping on my genre, you asshole. <laughs> Sorry! He gave it to me! <laughs> they, uh, instead of uh, making robots to watch the movies with them, it definitely leads like it's going to be that, uh, but then it's it's just like small Barbie dolls. Uh, they don't do anything. <laughs> and then they watch the movie, and you think it's going to be like MST3K, and they're going to comment throughout it, but it's the entire movie unedited with their silhouettes. They don't say a word, and afterwards they all stand up and talk about what a good movie it was and how much they liked it. And during one of them, the rest of you pay. So yeah, that, like you, see, you can see like their silhouettes like eating popcorn and sharing drinks back and forth, but they're, you can only ever hear them whisper, like, can I have some more dots? And think, things like that. Like, they never comment on the film because it's rude, obviously. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's really good. It's really good. Uh, what would be the first movie they'd watch? Oh, God. Um, it's a meta Assault of the Killer Bimbos. That's why they're, nice. they're so polite and they don't want to comment on anybody else's movie. I remember that. I remember that. All right, so tell a novella. Uh, like like the like the actual movie, it would be about you know women on the run for a, for a crime they didn't commit. Estoy um, bimbo. Estoy el bimbo. I don't speak any fucking Spanish, so we we're expecting any of that shit. It's gonna be a lot of burrito. Um, I just all I can see is the like Simpsons hate crime B guy two in like five minutes. Is tell a, to Beavis and Butthead. Telenova oh, is a celebrated and often mocked genre. I, I captured some telenovelas a couple times, and I, let me tell you, they're actually really fucking fun. Look, they kicked a poo off of The Simpsons, but they haven't kicked B Guy, so I think we're still in the clear. <laughs> it's, still, it's still okay to hate Hispanics in this country. I think that the, oh, the, no, the, no, the no, election kind of proved that. Uh, <laughs> um, the, sh- the shovel isn't big enough to dig us out. <laughs> I didn't vote for the guy. Blame <laughs> me, I voted for Kang. Um, <laughs> there's where all my gore votes went. 
They were found in Iowa. Um, <laughs> so they're on the okay. run. No, uh, it's your I, turn, I not mine. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You know, I'm sorry. So they're on the run from a crime they didn't commit. Um, but there's a lot more convoluted storylines. Like one of them gets amnesia. <laughs> uh, one of them finds out that uh, that the himbo is her long lost twin. Uh, just. Just situations like that keep popping up, and there's also a, a villain named Road with a with a mustache that's uh, <laughs> that's chasing them with the help of Eddie Deason. Uh, <laughs> also, in order to make sure that it teaches Spanish, they're constantly they make reference to very basic things like "Donde está el biblioteca?" Like they have to go to the library. <laughs> "Donde está el plus baño?" Plus one, plus one. <laughs> yes, you got the bonus point. <laughs> Donde esta la biblioteca? Was our secret word? <laughs> Gosh. Alright, space disaster. <laughs> so, uh, our bimbos are shot into space, much like in Cody's pitch. <laughs> hmm, this sounds familiar. But they weren't bimbos there. Uh, oh, they were astronauts. Uh huh. Right? And so. So our astronauts are shot into space in uh, to the International Space Station, which, by the way, is 25 years old this week. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. Let's let's give a, a small appropriate round of quiet applause for NASA. It means the International Space Station gets discounts on uh, car rental now. Right. You can rent a car and it's on name, right? It might be 20 years old, not 20, uh, 25. It's one of those two. It's 25 when you can run on your own, I think. No, I know, but it might yes. have been 20 years old, not 25. But now he's saying the space shuttle isn't even fucking old enough to drink or buy tobacco <laughs> products. God. Uh, anyway. Fuck you, space station. We'll party next year. Yeah, tobacco's 21 now, isn't it? It is. Weird. Yeah. And we live in a society. That in my lifetime, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so they shot the astronauts. These these women astronauts into space. It's it's like a celebratory thing because you know, uh, second uh, all female <laughs> uh, crew, right? Right. Um, but something has snuck into the air vents. <gasps> yeah, yeah, a jelly of some kind, right? You oh, see it sort of, yeah. is it a sexy it, jelly? Yeah, it's well, it is now. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't matter if it was or not in my head the jelly is sexy yeah. is it John Carpenter's thing because if so it's pretending to be Elizabeth <laughs> that's a joke it's, for us ladies it, and gentlemen it is a shape shifting alien <laughs> that slowly is taking out so the assault is, ah. is the, you know is the taking out of the of the various astronauts uh-huh. right while it shape shifts into the next one and uh-huh. then you know continues to kill it has a thirst for blood, you see. And then it doesn't know how to run the space station and slowly creates <laughs> orbit and dies. <laughs> the end. Amazing. Cool. Yeah. That was, that was a good round. <laughs> the slime is like, what hath I wrought? We had enough of this or we got one more? Uh, what time we at? I think we got one more. We, we, we did one. like a two-hour episode last week. <laughs> All right. Yeah, uh, I'd prefer to be more like an hour. Yeah. <laughs> well, this, 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 one's a, this one's a quick one, yeah. Uh, take one more spin of that wheel, Cody. Tick, 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 now, the thing about stripper names, though, is there are different formulations. But I think based regionally, or maybe just who your friends were. Because oh, the good. one I always understood it to be was the street you grew up on and your first pet's name. 
That's the one I have constantly heard. It was the one that I heard. Yeah. Um, and my stripper name under that construction was, is Boy Grover. So is a, Boy Grover. is the street yep. first? Or it's it's pet's name then street. Sorry. Ah, wow. Yeah. I think I have a really really good one. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not 100% sure. You I believe a, you can adjust it for funny purposes because we're not going to double check you. Well, the, <laughs> the funny purposes, I don't need to adjust. Uh, it, mine would be Jonah Cottonwood. Ooh, that sounds like a, a male stripper name yeah, if, it's, if I ever heard one. It's definitely, I feel like our first pet had to have been a beta goldfish named after a biblical like water character. Nice. So it would have been either Jonah or something like... Oh, what was the other one? There was there was just two names that we circulated back and forth with them. So we had Jonah, then this other one, and then Jonah two, and then the other one number two. But I can't remember what the other one was. So I think it would be Jonah Cottonwood for nice. me. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna make one up <laughs> because Oros is the one that was regional to where I grew up. Yeah. So uh, I'm gonna do current pet uh, plus name of the girl that you lost your virginity to. Oh Ooh. yeah, I've heard that. My pet is gonna be, or my name is gonna be Biscuit or his mom. <laughs> I'm sorry you had to find out like this, friend. God, this is ruining my day. If you if you don't put any like, <laughs> if you don't put the correct punctuation with it, and you just write it O R A S M O M. Or a smom. Or a smom. There's there's lots of people who will who will definitely be like, ooh, it's oh, exotic. No. <laughs> Why is my Biscuit mom or a being, smom. being put on? Or a smom sounds really close to orifice too, and that's doubly funny. <laughs> Fuck you, ball. Well, trust me, when you're, when you're around Ora's mom, you're always close to an orifice. <laughs> oh, hey, you got. Uh... I don't want to hear it. Speak <laughs> <laughs> by the bell. All right. That's uh, some other conventions I, I I have heard about this though, uh, or well rather that I at least looked up because I knew that there were different conventions for this. Uh, the first car you had and the last thing you put in your mouth. So so for me it would it, I'm gonna flip them for purposes <laughs> of making it a little bit funnier. But uh, burrito escort. <laughs> mine mine would either be uh, straw Grand Prix. Or uh, Pontiac Straw. Either are great. I love both of those. Mine would uh, would be Bonneville or his mom. <laughs> really? We're doing this? Come on, it's a good bit. Uh, it's your good bit. He, he only has to do it once more for it to be funny. One more for it to not be funny. And then another time for it to finally be the, the funniest The problem is I can't be. do it to his mom because I met his mom and she listens to the show. Ah. Well, throw her a bone, figuratively and metaphorically. So, she threatens to listen to the show. Oh God! <laughs> the uh, the final formulation here. Uh, your uh, the last alcohol you drank and your favorite zoo animal. So uh, <laughs> so let's see. For me, uh, that would be. <laughs> um, Vodka zebra? <laughs> mine is a. Uh, <laughs> Wait, is, hang on, hang on. Come back. Let me. Vodka zebra. Ugh. <laughs> like. Ooh. Ugh. Yeah. That's okay. Not a good one. Yeah. Mine, mine would be wine uncaged bird. <laughs> oh. <laughs> or like what cabaret. That is. That is. That oh is. shit! No, uh, mine would be wheat. Wheat uncaged bird. Or Boulevard wheat uncaged bird. <laughs> 
You wondering what mine's going to be? No. What? Bailey's Cody's mom. Oh! See, full circle the third Comedy time. comes in That's threes. Why is your mom at the zoo? <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> Locked in the zoo, more like. I was like, she's not a drink, so I have to make her the zoo. <laughs> God. All right, I've had enough of your shit, Josh. Go to the Where Are They Now trivia and ratings, <laughs> would you? Yep, let's do it. All right, so director Anita Rosenberg uh, vanished from IMDb after this film for 20 years. She had this and, like, one other credit. Uh, until she briefly resurfaced, uh, playing herself on the Serena Loves show, a wellness program by someone named Serena Poon that will sell you some Reiki <laughs> if you're looking for an asshole to hold their hands a few inches off your back and pretend they're casting Cure Light Wounds. Aww. Uh, Nick Cassavetes, who you will remember as Surfer Wayno on this, uh, was the director of The Notebook. No. Uh, disappointing his father and ruining Endless Date Nights. Wow. Wow, amazing. Uh, Tamara Souza, who played Waitress Darlene, uh, became a media- TV meteorologist. Stop a minute. <laughs> what the fuck? This has been the most amazing trivia you have found today. You wondered why I was why I had so much fucking production info on yeah, this. Yeah, this is this is fantastic. God, I'm, I'm reading ahead. I'll let you do it. <laughs> Griffin O'Neill, remember son of Ryan O'Neill, who played Troy. Uh, he appeared in Ghoulies Three, Ghoulies Go to College. If y'all Not real. That you one. made that up. Nope, really. Just I have a copy of it. If you want to see, the, the, doesn't uh, matter. You can you can gin that shit up anytime. Justin Roiland's words uh, echo in my head. Well, some of us haven't seen Ghoulies. <laughs> he also appeared in one other thing: uh, the Los Angeles Superior Court after he killed Francis Ford Coppola's son in a boating accident during the filming of Gardens of Stone. Fucking what? Again, a movie that everything else about the movie is so much more engaging. This it is easily one of the best shows we have done so far. It's a real boring movie, and this is all the production. <laughs> so much good stuff it. to get it's out amazing. of it. This is why I wanted to do these these films. Uh, Paul Ben Victor, who was uh, you, you all remember his breakout star turn as customer in this film. Uh, he, he appeared on The Wire as Spiros the Greek Gangster. Wow. Uh, I don't know how big a character that is. I, I haven't, watched I haven't the Wire, seen The Wire. I'm sorry. Everybody fucking loves The Wire. That's an HBO uh, one too, right? Or is that yeah. Showtime? HBO. HBO. Yeah. Uh, David Dakota uh, worked with the band family very extensively. Perhaps most notably on Puppet Master 3, uh, Toulon's Revenge, I believe. <laughs> the one where he's fighting Nazis. <laughs> uh, See, I know he didn't make that one up. Uh, yep. Then he formed his own production company and settled into a groove of making alternating homoerotic horror and children's films. Uh, some of them are about talking cats. Oh my god. Oh shit, did he, he do that? He directed a talking cat. He did, he did it under a, a, a different name. Oh, I was just was, I was wondering a talking if cat. it was the Ellen Page, like the cat comes back movie or something like that to no, tie it together even further. No, it's a talking cat, exclamation mark, question, question mark, <laughs> exclamation mark. Have you ever seen it? No, no, no. no. You, you, I'll loan you my riff tracks of it because it is damn. fucking great. Uh, Ted Nicolau, uh, made uh, Full Moon's successful subspecies franchise. Uh, he's currently working on the fifth film of that as part of the Full Moon Deadly Whoa. Ten initiative. There's fu- there's already four? There are four subspecies and one side wow. film. I At know that one. there's three. There are two other films that might be a part of it. Wow, that's so weird. I know a lot about Full Moon. I, I wrote a... Th- or in the <laughs> test, I wrote a, a thesis on this shit. Oh my god. That's absolutely correct. Uh, Elizabeth Caetan would go on to a long B-movie career. 
and we'll, yeah, uh, and Eddie Deason did more movies before mostly moving to voice work, such as on Dexter's Lab as Mandark. Uh, both will be back in multiple other Up All Night films. Uh, I did, while researching this, notice that I, I believe just this month Eddie Deason went in for heart surgery. So, oh, yeah. Uh, we wish him well. Absolutely. He's, he's an American treasure. Oh, yeah. Fucking phenomenal cultural icon right there. Touchstone mm-hmm. easy. And a very funny interview. Like, if you look up things oh. that he said, he seems to be someone who has a very good sense of humor. Well, exactly. Like, he has built his whole career on being, like, the guy you can pour a bucket of water <laughs> on in your movie. He says he mostly lives on uh, residuals and unemployment at this point, and says that that's him accomplishing the American dream of not working <laughs> and still making money. <laughs> God. He's even so, in... Uh, what a guy. The Brave Little Toaster 2. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I, I can think of so many things that he is in. And, yeah, and he was in another fun movie, uh, like he was in... Uh, Laser Blast, which is another. I was supposed to say, and also a mystery science student. Yeah, I know he's in multiple MST3K ones. Where he plays the bully. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Laser Blast is the one where the guy's like arm gets like fused to the cannon. Yeah, the Mark thing, Hamill right? looking dude. Ah, oh, that's right. Like a goblin because he gets a space necklace. And the fucking Don't tell gun. people, but that's District Nine. <laughs> oh, I want to really quickly, on a personal note, add a special thanks to David J as well as Torstein Dewey and Nathan Schumati, the <coughs> authors of Empire of the Bees, which is a comprehensive survey of the films of Empire films. Uh, in my undergrad, I was working on my thesis on uh, Charles Band's Full Moon Entertainment days, uh, and I, I found on the internet that somebody named Dave J. was working on a book on the Empire era. Uh, I reached out via email to see if he had any resources he could point me in the direction of, and he was kind enough to give me excerpts from his personal interviews that would eventually become this book under a, a basically a, a word of honor that I wouldn't uh, publish it elsewhere, despite mm. the fact that this is his uh, his livelihood. Uh, of course, I complied with that and, and did not mm. uh, mis, mis, misuse his trust. Uh, in a world where people jealously guard their IP and research work, sometimes with good reason, uh, Dave J chose to trust me and it enriched my project greatly. Uh, and both of his books, because uh, in addition to The Empire, he has a book about Full Moon called uh, It Came From the Video Aisle. Uh, they both have a place on my bookshelf and informed the discussion and gave me a lot to talk about in this episode, as you might have noticed. <laughs> uh, I haven't kept in touch. I doubt he'll listen to this, but if he does, you're a gentleman and a scholar, and my thanks. Uh, we, to him. we all know that uh, Full Moon. Full Moon Entertainment is definitely the connoisseur's version of Troma. <laughs> I, honestly, I'm not a huge fan of Troma. I like Lloyd Kaufman. He's a cool guy. And yeah, a lot of, a lot Lloyd Kaufman is cool. Kind of rough watches. The fucking the DVD for this had the uh, merchandising menu, and it had all of the uh, uh, Puppet Master stuff. And we were all like, oh, yeah, we, we immediately recognize all of that. So they definitely have their like branding department down for sure. <laughs> Shutter has a. They made a remake of Puppet Master that's actually uh, that's, pretty decent. That's, that's the, the other thing that I know that there's. Thomas Lennon. There's like 12 of those movies, aren't there? It's like uh, a fucking dozen Puppet see, Masters. I think it's 12 at this point, and they're working on the 13th, which is the side of the film for Blade. And then I was, there was a separate uh, reboot. I was about to say, because I know the last podcast on the left people talk about the the Puppet Master like series a lot. And there was a Puppet Master versus Demonic Toys, but that was by other people. Mm. And it's not. Is Demonic not, uh, Toys is full moon, moon, isn't it? Demonic Toys is full moon, as was Puppet Master. But they made some sort of ill-advised deal with sci-fi. And sci-fi made their own Puppet uh, Master versus Demonic Toys movie with uh, Vanessa Angel from the Weird Science TV series. That Banana Splits movie sucked too, didn't it? Oh, so bad. Ugh, you such watch a shame. it? No. I think you told but, me about it. And yeah, I, I, I saw it on the Blu-ray. 
pick it up at a at a family video sale and it was just <laughs> where it belongs. I'm glad I got to see it, but it wasn't good. Anyway, <laughs> viewer mail. Viewer mail. <laughs> viewer mail. Playing now. The viewer mail. I don't. I don't no, we, go, we, go, yeah, go on. No, that's, we need a theme song for it of some <laughs> kind. I don't know what it is, though. Uh, viewer mail, uh, obviously you guys are nice enough to occasionally respond to us on Facebook, respond to us on <clears throat> Twitter. Um, <laughs> yes. You know, whatever. Uh, this uh, this week I got a viewer mail from uh, that uh, that pod person, Christina, who... Uh, who wanted to let us know that uh, our Instagram does not have any content on it. <laughs> um, and listen, I, if you listen to the show for the content on the socials, I, I have some terrible news for you. Did I, you. Didn't I suggest a photo? Yes, um, and I, I intend to take that that particular photo. Uh, the uh, uh, That pod person, uh, Christina, I assume you're listening to this now. Um in in response to uh, what you said, uh, I appreciate the the mail and also would say uh, there are two components to w- what needs to happen for there to be Instagram content. Uh, the first is that I need to have time, uh, of which I haven't had a ton of recently. Uh, the second is that uh, it's I, an I, audio I, medium. <laughs> well, I plan. I I have plans for various setups, but a lot of them that I've thought of. Involve outside work. See figure one. <laughs> and, it's, and it's cold outside right now, and I'm a big puss. So <laughs> I would also like to say to that pod person, Christina, uh, yeah. all the Texas teams are the worst. Oh, damn. <laughs> just the worst. If that know, could be any Christina, why did you just assume it was her? <laughs> I, I don't know that it's her. I was just, it's a, it's a trivia fact that oh. everyone knows. Oh, yeah. No, you're right. Never mind. Nothing. <laughs> So uh, so that was our viewer mail this week. <laughs> if you have viewer mail, please send it to uh, that.podcast.productions at gmail.com or just respond on, on Facebook or wherever you got this thing. And we, uh, I will I will attempt to address whatever viewer mail happens any given week. Nope. So that does it for That Podcast Stays Up All Night. It is a presentation of That Podcast Productions. You can find our podcast blogs and assorted nonsense at that uh, podcast productions.fireside.fm. You can also find us on Facebook. Uh, on that podcast stays up all night. Just search for that. You can find us on Instagram at uh, https. Holy <laughs> shit! No, I'm just kidding. Oh my god! It's no, do it. You started. You started it. You finished this. This is this is comedy gold now. I did it to get into your head. Oh, that's hilarious. Uh, Instagram.com slash that dot dot uh, podcast dot productions. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. Slash. You can find us on Twitter somewhere, Cody. Where's that somewhere? Uh, that somewhere is that productions or that podcast productions. Also, the Facebook group is that podcast is up all night slumber party. Oh, did I not say it right? I'm sorry. You said that podcast, which I'll oh. find with it. Probably. If you fi- if you search that podcast stays up all night, you will you will find it. I'm sorry. Uh, I just threw in slumber party because it's yeah. fun. No, it's great. Uh, I. I, it was it was my first favorite thing we did about this podcast. Actually, <laughs> was the face the Facebook group has netted us great gains. Well, it's it, it's it's got a great name. True. Um, if podcasters are your thing, you can find us at that podcast productions on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcast, and iTunes, or you can just add the IRS, RSS feed from our website. Remember to subscribe and review and email us your comments at that dot uh, that dot podcast dot productions at gmail dot com. 
Next time on That Podcast Stays Up All Night, we continue our examinations of USA's Dirtiest Pair. It's the somehow even worse version of Assault of the Killer Bimbos, and possibly the only film Empire turned away due to low quality, Cemetery High, made from the original Gorman Bledshirt footage that we talked about earlier. Holy shit. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Holy shit. A movie cut from the shit in this movie? Uh, no, a movie that was made on the same premise of this, but was so bad that ah. the Puppet Master people were like, no thanks. Pass. <laughs> and then eventually released anyway with, with major revisions and reshoots. But nothing's too good for our show. <laughs> well, that does it for that podcast. Stays up all night. Until next time, be friendly to your waitresses, and for God's sake... Keep those fruit glued to your scanties. Would you eat fruit off of uh, a, a, like a set costume piece like that? I don't know, man. I, can, I don't even share cups with my wife. Like, I, I don't know if I could. <laughs> like, yeah. you're, you're, you're asking the wrong person with asking Aura that. Yeah, I can't. I, I can't. Like, if like Aura this... isn't sure that a water hasn't been drank from, he just won't. <laughs> like, it's like, that, it, sure, it's full, but somebody could have taken a sip. Aura's the person who, who can't trust the unwrapped straws, and that's why that. we have an issue, because he keeps throwing away straws. He's no. worried people have touched. You know, and the thing is, this isn't even my hang-up. This is a hang-up I inherited from another friend of mine. So it's even, like... Because I'm not a germaphobe. Oh. Like, I'm really not. But for some reason, like... You're, you're, you're right. Oh, I own your car. It's disgusting. Exactly. No, I mean, this is you're not... You're far more likely to die from... You also like, hate it when people are sick car. near you. And you vocally well, that, and No, <laughs> hang on. That's different. That is my hang-up. And that, that involves a lot of my own sort of... Uh, yeah. Uh, hypochondria because like <laughs> what's going to happen if somebody's sick near me is inevitably I'm going to start to feel their damn symptoms <laughs> and I'm like I can't do this I just like I can't function in my this life my chance of anymore. scurvy is so high from not eating other people's fruit <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you or it is an incredible hypochondriac like <laughs> to the point where I've used it to like ruin his night <laughs> yes oh, I, it has, yes that has happened I you know what Josh I, was I can Josh is that. not the only person who has caught that yeah like or he was just you know, step because on sometimes I forget that it's not push. just a joke and then I'll be like well or it's like I have a headache and I'm like what if it's brain cancer and it's like oh my god what if it is I'm gonna go home and Google fucking <laughs> symptoms of brain cancer all damn night and make sure I <laughs> you want to get on my bad side real fucking quickly come over to my house and use any part of your lower torso specifically shoes socks or feet to prop yourself up on one of my pillows. If a, if a shoe or a sock or a foot like nah. touches my pillow, nah. I go from I go from the chill Cody persona to angry in a way that you have never seen or understood that I would nah, ever get to. you're in good to. company. We're all weird feet people here. <laughs> weird anti-feet people here. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think I'm crazy about it. I just don't think, I just don't get why people think feet are... Yeah. I think when people are feet people, I'm like... Mm, feet you know who people. loves feet? Quentin Well, yeah. <laughs> one person we used to hang out with quite a bit who, you know, may have owned a comic store locally and doesn't anymore. Oh, that guy. Amazing. I will be sure to add that to my I ongoing smears. <laughs>